You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. The Gospel Preached to Abraham Hello and welcome to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by ChristadelphianVideo.org. Now this is the fifth podcast we've done in this series. It's actually the fourth relating to the online gospel.blog website uh, that we're doing. We, we did an intermediary one on Russia at the outbreak of the war. Um, now this episode actually deals with the gospel preached to Abraham. And for many people, that may sound really, really strange because they associate the gospel message with that taught by Christ and the apostles. Now, that actually isn't quite right. The gospel was first preached to Abraham and the Bible records that it was first preached to Abraham. So why not take a listen to this podcast, an interview with Brother Chris Sales. And Brother Chris and I talk about this subject and Chris explains the reasoning behind the need for this podcast and to get this message out. Hope you enjoy it. God bless. Did God preach the gospel to Abraham? Hello and welcome to Bible Truth Feed and the Christadelphian Zoom Room, a place where Christadelphians talk about Bible truth Now, today's episode explores an intriguing question that you may not have considered before. The question is, did God preach the gospel message to Abraham? And if so, what did he tell him? Does it relate to the New Testament gospel? And where does spiritual Israel, as many Christians see themselves, fit into these important promises? Well, with me, I have brother Chris Sales, and it's a pleasure to have him back with us today. Hi, Chris. Uh, hello, Art. It's a, it's a pleasure to be back with you today. Lovely to have you. Now, listeners may recall that Chris and I digressed from our planned discussion a while back at the outbreak of the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Um, and we did a short podcast on that at the time. Now, that's available on uh, both the original Gospel blog. Uh, cdvideo.org and cdvideo.org forward slash podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, today we're going to be investigating this bold assertion that the gospel was preached to Abraham. So this was way back in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. So, Chris, perhaps let me start asking you by what prompted you to write about this subject? Well, our, today's topic is, is actually a foundational piece of the gospel message. You know, many churches today overlook this, what I would call a cornerstone teaching. Yet without it, it's difficult to get all the rest in place correctly. You know, I would even call it the key to the gospel message. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I believe that myself, actually. It, it is a key to unlocking mm. the whole of the scriptures. So perhaps you can tell our listeners uh, where we can find this idea that the gospel was preached to Abraham. What part of mm. scripture? Yeah, yeah, gladly. You know, it's actually in the, the epistle to Galatians. Uh, in that epistle, Paul explains the gospel message. And, and remember, he's writing to a Gentile audience. 
So, you know, it'd be helpful to read the, the whole letter through, the whole epistle from beginning to end. But in particular, I'd like to share Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, uh, which says, quote, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, and here's the key point, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So there you have it. The gospel was preached beforehand to Abraham. Okay, so this is what God told Abraham about the gospel and this concept that all nations would be blessed in Abraham was part of God's first promise to him in Genesis chapter 12, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct, Dart. God reiterated this specific promise in you shall all the nations be blessed. In fact, to all the patriarchs, to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob. Uh, and of course, Jacob was later named Israel. Uh, so this tells us that even though God had singled out the Jewish people as his specific and special witnesses, our Heavenly Father always intended that people of any race or nationality on, on earth uh, could be blessed in and through Abraham. All nations shall be blessed. Uh, therefore, they are included in these very same promises. Now, you said there um, a bit, bit earlier on there, you said any race or nationality. Well, they, yeah, that's, that's what the scripture says, Art. All the nations will be blessed. You know, that, that's pretty inclusive. Anyone can be included in God's promises to Abraham. And, and that's the gospel hope, isn't it? Yeah. So our listeners are likely wondering now, how can this be? How, how can any one of us be part of an ancient promise that was made to a man who lived nearly 4,000 years ago? What, what does this have to do with Jesus Christ and the new covenant that God made with the ecclesia, the church? Okay, well, I'd say to our listeners that this has everything to do with the new covenant. You know, let, let's go back to Galatians. We always want to go to the scriptures. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. Now, many translations here will say seed or, or descendants. So the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. And it clearly says here, it does not say to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and to your offspring, who is Christ. So, you know, I believe this is crucial art. All the promises that we looked at in our, our previous podcast, while made to Abraham and his descendants, you know, plural, really focus on one special descendant, singular, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so Jesus is the most important descendant or offspring or seed in the King James Version of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, so therefore, Jesus is the primary inheritor of all the promises, I guess, like a firstborn. Mm, yeah, the, the New Testament does say in Colossians, doesn't it? Colossians 1 verse 18, mm. in Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, that Jesus is the firstborn of the dead, the firstborn of all creation and the head of the church or the ecclesia. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. So then. You're saying then, or, or we're saying, I suppose, that when God promised Abraham and his offspring that they would receive an elevated status in the future kingship, the blessings, many descendants and a specific chunk of real estate, which is what we're talking about here, isn't it? A big part mm -hmm. of the current land of Israel and a bit more forever. He was mm -hmm. promising this primarily to Jesus. Mm. And that's interesting. That how then do these promises apply to the faithful of old and those in Christ? 
are, are there other passages in the Bible that talk about this? Mm, that, that's that's really good, Art. I think you've really captured the main idea correctly there. And and those are great questions. And and of course, the answers we find in Scripture. So if we continue on in Galatians chapter three, really a key verse on this topic, a key chapter. Mm. So Galatians chapter three, verse twenty-seven. This is what it says. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. You're all one in Christ. All one in Christ Jesus. And, and here's the point. Here it comes. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. <laughs> this is remarkable. It tells us that as baptized believers in Christ, we become, to phrase you used earlier, spiritual Jews. We become Abraham's offspring. We may or may not have Abraham's blood running through our veins, but true believers share his faith and therefore are considered his children and therefore inheritors of, inheritors of his promises. Romans 4 would elaborate on this, sir. Yeah, yeah. Galatians chapter 3 couldn't be any clearer, could it, really? No. When we are baptized into Christ, we also become heirs of the promises made to Abraham. There you have mm. it. But Chris, some might ask, why would we want these promises? Maybe Jerusalem isn't on everybody's bucket list of places to visit. Why would they want to then inherit this controversial piece of land? Because it, it, it isn't nearly as beautiful as the Lake District in the UK or, or British Columbia in Canada or, or countless other places in the world. <laughs> that's, that's true. Fair point. Fair point, Art. You know, and, and, and certainly in the world, as things are right now, this promise may not seem like something to get all excited about. I mean, who, who'd want to go to Jerusalem and, and all the war and the controversy that's there? But, but let me remind everyone that these promises are for the future. You know, and as we've talked before, it'll be a restored earth. The Lord Jesus Christ will rule as king. Um, you know, even on our last episode, we, we talked about the fact that Abraham didn't expect to receive his, uh, his promised inheritance. You know, 4,000 years ago, he believed it was for the future. You know, you think even when Jesus was tempted to fall down and worship the adversary who promised all the kingdoms of the world right then, therefore bypassing the cross, Jesus resisted. He knew that something better was coming. And as we read in Hebrews 12, and, uh, you know, that, that these things are for the future. Um, and, of course, uh, such, such a faith in future promises implies resurrection to eternal life we talked about that with abraham you know he was promised to inherit that land forever so now frame it in this way art these promises we can inherit from abraham means living forever in a restored and beautiful earth now there's a promise we can get excited about yeah certainly it certainly does chris and and as you explained in our last episode as you say all the faithful who understood the promises are looking for a heavenly city. That is a time in the future when Christ will return to be the king and bring God's government upon the earth. Like it says in Psalm 72 or Zechariah 14 or, or even Isaiah 35, 
and we will live and reign forever with him. It's just Mm -hmm. wonderful. Now, for our listeners' benefit, knowing that many may struggle to understand how the promises to Abraham fit both the natural descendants, the Jewish people, and the spiritual descendants, those that have become part of the family through faith, can you explain that? (laughs) Well, well, I'll, I'll do my best. So, so let's start with the natural descendants, um, you know, the, the Jewish people. <clears throat> so, so basically the Jews are returning to the promised land today and have been for over 100 years now, as predicted in Ezekiel 36 you know, to 39, really, really f- important chapters. Um, so, so those individuals, those what we call the natural descendants, are setting the stage for a much more glorious restoration to come. You know, we know it's true. The majority of Jewish people today have returned in an unbelief that Jesus is the Messiah. There are some who, who believe in Jesus as the Messiah, but the majority certainly have not. Mm. And, and in fact, that's what the prophecies, the prophecies in the Old Testament said would, would be the case. However, if you read a chapter like Zechariah 12, it tells us that this unbelief will be swept away when Jesus Christ returns and, and delivers the Jewish people from Armageddon. You know, that Russian invasion that we spoke about in our last special podcast. So those those individuals that are alive when this happens will recognize their Messiah, Jesus Christ, at that point. Um, The Jewish people who survive Armageddon will worship Jesus as their Messiah and their king. Uh, They'll be privileged to live in the land in Jerusalem, in the land with Jerusalem as the capital city of the whole earth. But it's important, and this is the key point, I think, Art, those natural descendants of Abraham will remain remain mortal, um, and they'll be surrounded by a constant flow of people from all over the world coming to Jerusalem to worship the king and to, and to learn God's ways. Um, they'll, they'll likely help out in the new temple, providing for all the travelers uh, who are making that pilgrimage. So, so the difference lies here. The, the, the rulership responsibilities and privilege in this kingdom age or the millennial age are reserved for those of any nationality, Jew or Gentile, who have committed to Jesus Christ in faith before his return and have been made immortal. Mm. So so the Jews won't automatically receive eternal life just because they are Abraham's descendants. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, Yeah, that's right, Art. Just like everyone has had to do in the past and still do today, The Jewish people also need to make a personal choice as to whether they want to submit their lives to Jesus Christ and be part of the spiritual family. Uh, You know, in Revelation 20, we read that there will be a second resurrection at the end of the thousand years, the millennium, where God will once again grant immortality to anyone from any nation who committed to him during this special millennial time period. Mm, Okay. Well, thank you for that, Chris. You've explained what will be happening with the natural descendants of Israel when Jesus returns. And and so let me just try and summarize that for us. The natural descendants have been privileged at times to live in the land that will be the center of worship for the whole world in the future. Mm -hmm. And we think of Bible references for that in Isaiah 60, Isaiah 11, and Isaiah 35, Psalm 72, Micah chapter four, verses one to eight. Then we think of the Jewish people that are returning to the land now, that they're going to be setting up the stage for the restoration to come, Ezekiel 36 to 39. Mm. In the future, Jesus Christ will rescue them from a northern invasion. And finally, they will recognize him as their Messiah. Mm. 
Zechariah chapter 12 and Zechariah 14 or through to 14 and Romans 11 verses 25 to 29. The Jews will also be privileged to live in the land that will be the centre of worship in the kingdom of God. And that's in Zechariah chapter 8 verses 20 to 23 and chapter 14 verses 16 to 20. If the Jewish people want to partake of eternal life, they must then join the spiritual family of God through faith, like Abraham had done all those years before, and believe in Jesus Christ. And we reference in some detail Galatians chapter 3, mm. Romans chapter 4, and of course Romans chapter 11. Mm. That's a really good summary, Art. And, you know, I'd encourage our listeners to, to read through those scriptures on their own at some later point and, and really meditate upon them. OK, now, now, just before we go on to describe the spiritual descendants, um, I'd like to just take a moment to share something that was written in 1850 by Brother John Thomas, a, a Christadelphian. And he wrote this in a book called Elpis Israel. Now, just before we go on to describe the spiritual descendants, I'd like to take a moment to share something that was written in 1850 by John Thomas in a book called Elpis Israel, The Hope of Israel. I'd like to demonstrate that before the Jews began to return to Israel in the 1900s, many Bible students were able to examine the Old Testament prophecies and perceive that these events would actually occur. Now, here's what John Thomas wrote. And please pay attention because this is really quite fascinating. Mm -hmm. He said, there is then a partial and primary restoration of the Jews before the manifestation, which is to serve as the nucleus or basis of future operations in the restoration of the rest of the tribes of uh, rest of the tribes after he has appeared in the kingdom. The pre-adventural colonization of Palestine will be purely will be on purely political principles and the Jewish colonists will return in unbelief of the messiahship of Jesus and of the truth as it is in him. They will emigrate thither as ag agriculturalists and traders in the hope of ultimately establishing their commonwealth, but more immediately of getting rich in silver and in gold by commerce with India and in cattle and goods by their industry at home under the efficient protection of the British power. Wow, that, that's excellent, Art. You know, it's really incredible to hear those words written so long ago. You know, John Thomas got a lot of the details right, didn't he? You know, and that's because he read the scriptures and the prophecies are that specific. You know, that's impressive. Um, it's important for our listeners to realize we aren't trying to fit present day circumstances into ancient prophecies. You know, these, these Old Testament prophecies are so detailed that Bible students were able to understand what was going to occur in the future long before it happened. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, John Thomas, as a Christadelphian, wasn't the only one who foresaw this from Scripture. Even before that, a man named Joseph Mead wrote about it in the 1600s. And, and someone everyone should be familiar with, Sir Isaac Newton. Yes, that Isaac Newton wrote extensively on the return of the Jews to the land in the 1700s. And, and there was another unrelated man named Thomas Newton. He, he did the same. And there, there are others. Are. Yeah. And those prophecies have been right there for anybody to read since the Old Testament was complete. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely amazing. Now, as we wrap up this session, Chris, perhaps you could explain the reward of the believers who inherit the promises through faith. 
how will the spiritual descendants inherit the promises made to Abraham and Jesus Christ? How will this differ from what the natural seed of Abraham will receive? I'd be glad to, Art. You know, after all, this vision is near and dear to, dear to my heart. You know, it's something that I and I know you truly hope to be a part of. So, so let's just go through this and, and try and make it as clear as we can. You know, to begin with, only the spiritual descendants, believers, baptized believers into Christ, will be made immortal and will therefore live forever. Yeah. That's what immortality means. It's also important to reiterate that the spiritual descendants, as we've been calling it, the spiritual descendants are made up of Jews and Gentiles. You know, there, there are many faithful who, who predate Abraham. Um, most of the Old Testament faithful were, in fact, Jews, but of course, there are exceptions. And, and, men, and certainly many of the early Christians were, were, were Jews. But it's interesting that even Jesus himself in his prophecy in, in Matthew 24, talking about the times after AD 70, called this time period that we're living in now the time of the Gentiles. That's what Jesus called it. Jerusalem's going to be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled. You know, so that today the majority of believers are in fact non-Jews, although certainly the hope is still open to, to everyone. So summarizing then and, and the, some of the key scriptures, from what we see in prophecies like Daniel chapter 2, you know, Zechariah chapters 12 to 14 that you referred to, Isaiah chapter 2, what we see is that Jesus Christ and his immortal saints will eventually rule over all the world. But Jerusalem will remain that what we might call capital city of this kingdom. The throne of the kingdom, if you will. You know, and that's what Gabriel said to Mary in Luke chapter one about her, her, her son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you like, Israel will be the sort of home territory of these immortal saints. That's how they inherit the land that was promised Abraham. Um, the Jewish people that living there will be privileged to, to live amongst them, um, helping out in many ways. Uh, we know that a large and glorious place of worship, it's extensively described in Ezekiel chapters 40 to 48, uh, it, it's going to be built there in Jerusalem, and it'll be a place for all nations to come and, and learn of God's ways. Mm -hmm. Isaiah chapter 2 describes this, this scenario, that all nations will go up to Jerusalem to worship. Uh, believers will be made kings and priests. That's biblical language, Art. That's, that's yeah. Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. So um, the spiritual descendants will be kings and priests. You know, that is, they'll be immortal kings and priests. We'll never again uh, feel tiredness or pain or disease or suffering. Uh, we won't have to fight against our, our, our sinful nature. We'll be, we'll be commissioned to travel throughout the world, uh, ruling over cities and villages, educating the whole world to worship Jesus and, and to praise God. I think we'll be involved in, in helping to restore the earth to its former Eden-like beauty. And of course, we'll have the Holy Spirit power to administer righteous judgment uh, to heal those who are sick and suffering, to, to bring true peace to the world. You know, what we've described here, and what the Bible describes are, is, is a glorious hope. It's an ex a very, very exciting time and, and certainly one that I long to be a part of. And me as well, brother, and me as well. What a wonderful promise. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, words don't describe it. It's, <laughs> it, just, it just leaves you in awe of the scriptures that all this has already been written down for us all we have to do is read it what a time to be alive well thank you chris um i think you've clearly laid out the distinction between what the natural and the spiritual descendants of abraham will enjoy mm -hmm. you're welcome Art. it was a pleasure lovely so in summary let's just recap what we've learned um what are the thems as i like to call them the take home edifying messages so 
just to encapsulate that then, Jesus Christ is the most important descendant of Abraham. And we read of that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Therefore, Jesus Christ is the primary inheritor of the promises made to Abraham, which includes a blessing to the whole earth, kingship, immortality, and a specific piece of real, real estate, including the capital city from which he will reign for a thousand years. We can read of that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 35, Psalm 48, and Isaiah chapter 60. The natural descendants, the Jewish people, are returning now to the land to set the stage for what is about to come. And we can read of all of that, and mm -hmm. it's quite relevant now as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Ezekiel 36 through to 39. The Jewish people will be privileged to live peacefully in the land of Israel during the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ upon this earth and help out with the steady stream of worshippers flocking to the land. And we read of that in Isaiah chapter 2, verses 2 to, first, to verse 4. The believers who join God's family by faith before the return of Jesus Christ will be given immortality and inherit the land, ruling throughout the earth with Jesus Christ as king. Galatians chapter 3 verses 27 through to 29, and Revelations chapter 5, verses 9 through to 10. The Jewish people, along with all other people alive now and during the millennial age, need to commit their lives to Jesus Christ if they want to become part of this spiritual family and receive the gift of immortality. And we read of that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 through to 9, Romans chapter 4, and Revelation chapter 20, and uh, Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. Mm -hmm. Understanding all this is key to the gospel mm -hmm. message because it anchors Jesus's return, the resurrection of the faithful and the future kingdom of God's literal restoration of all the earth. Mm. That, that's that's great. Uh, our, that's a really excellent summary with helpful passages attached to, to provide the proof. And of course, that's important. And people should should check out those passages and, and see if that's what the scripture is really saying. Thank you. And many more passages could be added also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris, I, I feel this discussion may lead our listeners to wonder what the Bible hope is for life after death. Mm. We have been referring to the resurrection and to believers receiving immortality at the resurrection. Mm. And that may be confusing to some. Perhaps we need to look at next this in a bit more detail, perhaps in our next podcast. Mm, that's, a, that's a good idea, Art. I'd be happy to join you for, for another Bible discussion, investigating the hope of life after death. I mean, that's what everyone wants to know. What happens to me when I die? That'd be a great podcast. Yeah, excellent. Now, I notice that on your website, under, uh, under the title, God Preached the Gospel unto Abraham, that you have a discovery lesson, mm. um, actually based on this topic, I believe, and mm -hmm. a very handy chart showing how Jesus fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies not just to Abraham, but also from Genesis 3.15 and the promises made to King David. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's true, Art. You know, we feel that discovery lessons are a real useful tool uh, for those who prefer to examine the Bible teachings, you know, with their own personal study. So, you know, and, and on our blog there, everything is free to download and, and share with others. So we'd encourage people to, to do that. Yeah, so please go, go over to um, 
the original gospel.blog and check that out. And mm-hmm. um, you'll find a little great summary chart at the end of this link as well, at the end of the video. Um, mm-hmm. If you'd like to hear our next discussion on Bible Hope for Life After Death, join us, subscribe, register. You know what to do by now. So you've been listening to a podcast by Christadelphians Talk, a Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by ChristadelphianVideo.org. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.